All right. All right. Yeah. So we're talking about what is this AI on this Zoom? So last week, um, did a guest spot with Mark Tennant again, and we talked about AI at the next level, and he went over all the different things that are available to us in a good episode, uh, especially for somebody like me in my profession, but almost for everybody. There's just an awful lot out there available to us and it's mind blowing. So don't even ask me to summarize it. Just listen to the episode. Cause frankly, I'm going to have to listen to it yet again. Uh, so yeah, that I things can, are, yeah, things so are accelerating technically fast here. I mean, this really, really is well, welcome to over 50 starting over everyone. I'm Merle Garrison and I'm Barry Edwards. Hey, that was awesome. Uh, nice catcher. And on a beautiful February, whatever day, 9th, February 9th is beautiful here. Sunny supposed to be 61. Uh, we had the worst January. It was, yeah, we went for the first half of the month was just this drizzle, like this uh, mist. We're mm. uh, and us dog walkers, we still meet at the park anyway, standing there in rain garb, letting our dogs play in a mist. And then the second half of it was just uh, so cold. And you know, in, in Arizona, was, uh, we were talking, it was like 40 degrees at some point. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we got some. I can't complain over here, Barry. People mm -hmm. get mad when I complain about the weather here in Phoenix. It's it's actually pretty darn good. But we did have some. I mean, I, I in January there was one day where it had rained, and when I got out to my car the next morning, there was a sheet of ice on my car. So that's the first time I've seen ice since wow. I've been here. And they were, you know, we're surrounded by mountains, and there was there was snow on the mountain peaks, which was pretty cool to see. It was I beautiful. It was, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean. You know, it's winter time and uh, we're all experiencing some of it, but for the most part over here, it's it's been beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. I couldn't do your summers though. Uh, you no, know, no, I don't think your a poison. lot of people could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it depends on you. If you're, if you're one of those people that always hated it, that first snow of the winter and you're like, oh my God. You probably should move down here, <laughs> but, but it's if pick you, your poison, you know, yeah, yeah, like the, I, my I look summer at time it. is the winter time. I mean, it's very true. And I look yeah. at it like at least in the winter, I could put more clothes on in right. the summer. You can only take off so many clothes, That's man. Absolutely true. Yeah. And uh, if you don't have a swimming pool out here, you are definitely dealing with a deficit. I remember when we were down there, I told you this recently, we were down there a few years ago for a wedding and I took a bike ride. We were in a really nice resort. They had bikes and stuff. So I took a bike ride. I just wanted to get a feel for, you know, what is it about? out here and it was close to where you live and uh uh we were right on the edge of what is that uh that's that city it's a well-known it scottsdale yes it was scott's yep. is right yeah, yeah we everyone were right goes on the to board. scottsdale they love it there and um when i was riding my bike and i for the most part i went along these railroad tracks which is really awesome they had these nice uh uh, I don't want to say paved, but really packed down paths right along yeah. and yeah. so I could see all the roads on either side it it's about getting out of the sun. Everything mm -hmm. down there is canopies and uh, 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 what do I, what do you call it? umbrellas and things? Right. It's just all about getting out of the sun. I'm telling you, it 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 makes the biggest difference too between. I mean, if the sun is shining on you, it is burning you. Uh, but if you're in the shade, it's semi bearable. Mm -hmm. You know, I say so semi. We go to uh, Sarasota every year. We got two weeks. We're there again. And, um, you know, when we're there, it's usually in the mid-70s and sunny. 
And I mean, we're always very fortunate when we go. I got to tell you, man, anything above the mid 70s with that direct, that sun is so direct there. It's uncomfortable, it, it, even in the high 70s, low 80s, not uncomfortable, but it's hot. And, yeah, and we go yeah. to the beach, we go early, and we're out of there by one in the afternoon because we just can't take it. And I'm talking about, you know, end of February into March. That's peak time, prime time. Yeah, yeah. Think about what it's like there when it's in the 90s. Oh, oh yeah. Because you got humidity, too. Humidity is a serious factor down there. And alligators. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. You know, starting out here, I wanted to talk a bit about marriage. And uh, this is a scary subject. It's a scary subject. It was like, oh, God, watch what you say, all of that kind of stuff. (laughs) And for that matter, Lisa and I've never been married. We've been together 15 years, but we just consider it, you know, the, the same. Would it, you consider it? A, I think it's called common law marriage. Like, hey, you guys have been together for 15 years. I mean, it does. There is a thing called common law marriage. You know, I hadn't heard about that in many, many years. Is that yeah, really they don't talk thing? about that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea. So I don't know. It does never thought so old fashioned, right? <laughs> oh, your common law marriage. Yeah, so yeah, taboo. yeah. So I don't know. But here's what I do know is that we live together and we deal with problems and uh, we deal with good times too. But dealing with problems has been um, quite, quite a journey. Prior to this relationship, dude, my longest relationship was three and a half years. I had three, three and a half year relationships Mm -hmm. and thought I knew. Now there's advantages. Like I've had so many relationships in my life with so many different people that I I kind of know women. I got to know women in general and the different facets of them. But dude, there is nothing like being in one single relationship for 15 and a half years where you see every side of each other and you've been through everything and you can't believe you actually came out the other side of a lot of things. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And how long have you been married now? Oh, God, Barry, why did that? I've been married for 22 years. You're you're so in trouble right now. (laughs) Why? Why did you do that? (laughs) Well, I mean, Uh, I can't believe it. We got married in in 2001. So uh, do the math. It was was on the 1st of September, and it was only a few Uh, days before September 11th happened. And so it was like we got married and it was so blissful. We actually eloped. Uh, and uh, it was it was spectacular. And then a few days later, the entire world changed. And so we were dealing with oh, immediately right. in our marriage. We were dealing with this intensity. I mean, it was it was I, I just it was intense. And uh, and, you know, for a newlywed a couple i remember just it's it felt like the end of the world at that time it really felt wow. like the world was going to end or something i mean it seemed like that was the beginning of something terrible and it was but you just didn't know what was going to happen and we lived near an air force base and these uh, jets were scrambling all the time right over top of us wow. and uh, talk about adding stress to life for everybody but mm-hmm. to a, a new marriage i i really believe that in many ways it helped us to deal with things in our marriage because you know once you deal with something like that everything else seems kind of minor <laughs> you mm-hmm. know like that's you, a good you know, point everything kind of seems sort of 
uh, like, hey, if you could deal with that, you could pretty much deal with anything. So we, that's that's, a, that was a, the start of our marriage. And and I got to tell you, you know, we've been married for over 20 years. And the interesting thing, this is my second marriage. I f- still feel like a newlywed. I wow. still have those uh, butterflies when I when I see her. And oh, my I, God. Uh, oh, yeah. It's still uh, it's it's actually miraculous for me. And um, we it's not that it doesn't take work to to have a relationship because all relationships, even our relationship takes work. I mm-hmm, mean, we've mm-hmm. had we've had conflict in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And the, the cool thing about our relationship is we've been able to just wrestle it out. I, you can't <laughs> really do that with your wife. <laughs> oh, that's so true. But you know what? We've had this conversation before, but it's worth mentioning. Forgiveness is everything. And and if you you got to be able to forgive yourself, but in order to do, you need to forgive other people. Man, it, it's a two way street. You, yeah, you are so true. You know what's interesting about that for me and forgiveness is that I have to first look at myself and realize that I need a lot of forgiveness. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we all do. And if, and if I'm if I'm uh, expecting forgiveness from my wife, then I need to look at myself first and realize that, hey, I I need a lot of grace here. So how dare I not provide that same kind of grace for my my wife that I really, really want and and expect Mm -hmm. out of my Mm -hmm. relationship? You Uh, said it's it's the golden rule, really. Yeah. You know, Lisa and I uh, had our first half of our. I'm sorry. I think, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to tell you that I have had some, uh, it says your internet connection's unstable. I've had some really tough times with since my new system. I got I had to put together a whole new system last week, my computer fried, which I'm still mourning because I had this gig- beautiful 27-inch iMac that I had to throw in the garbage. Nine years, oh. though. So wow. well, I guess it it, it did. It, did. it served this days, purpose. right? Yeah, yeah. But I think I got to figure out. I also got new Norton utility security and stuff, and I think I had to. I think maybe it's interfering with my connection. So we'll see. If it gets really bad, maybe we'll have to go. We'll we'll see. Uh, you were talking about forgiveness, and I was going to say that m- me and Lisa. Um, we're very different and very much the same. We're two very uh, uh, maybe opinionated, pig-headed for sure, uh, people that we have had to learn how to forgive at a at a heightened level, and um, it's the most important thing. And in a lot of times, in a lot of ways, boy, I let things go, water off a duck's back that I never ever thought I could before. But I, but she's different. She's different from me. She's different than most uh, women that I've ever met. And I know that she doesn't mean a lot of things that she says. And uh, hmm. so there's that. This all came about, the subject matter came about because I yesterday I got this really incredible Cleveland Clinic tip. And, um, I, and there is something enlightening here. And it certainly... It spoke to mine and Lisa's relationship a lot. Let me uh, read it to you. Okay. Happy wife, happy life, question mark. The link between marriage and health is complicated, and that's good news. Most know these two extremes. People who are in stable, supportive uh, marriages live longer and in better health than those in stressful, conflict-ridden marriages. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. 
And, um, but what a boy, I could speak to that. I don't want to go negative, but I've known, I've grown up with people that have had conflict ridden, unhealthy marriages, and I've seen people die early as a result, mm-hmm. is yeah. what it is. Yeah. But what about us loving couples that are plagued with typical bickering and grumpiness as we've navigated life together for decades? It's us. Research shows that hanging in there may pay off. Over the course of 13 years, researchers tracked couples who had been married 15 to 35 years and found that as couples aged, they were more likely to interact with humor, tenderness, and acceptance, and less with negative behaviors like defensiveness and criticism. And I got to tell you, I got to pause right there that just described mine and Lisa's marriage relationship completely. We laugh so much today, more than ever. I mean, if, if people, if we had hidden cameras on us, people would never believe how stupid and silly we are together. That's and awesome. People <laughs> would not believe it. Okay. So let me finish up. I'm almost done. Whatever is behind this positive trajectory is hopeful news for health and happiness during the golden years of marriage. Want to accelerate the process? In, this is good. Infuse your relationship with gratitude. Research shows that people tend to feel grateful when their partners are responsive to their needs and that this can lead to a positive cycle of thoughtfulness and gratitude that can strengthen relationships. Get the ball rolling by tuning into your partner's needs and feelings and noticing the things he or she appreciates. Choose to pay attention to the positives rather than harping and and squabbling on the differences. Then let the feelings of connection, love, and ease flourish. Got to tell you there, I'm done with that. Um, I got to tell you there, tuning into someone's needs so that you can feel the mutual feelings of gratitude is really, really important. And this, you know, Lisa and I did relationship therapy for a while. And the best thing I learned about it was um, the five love languages. And uh, Mm. I never Mm -hmm. heard of it before, never thought of it before, was unaware of it. And it opened up my eyes and, and, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago, a few episodes ago, uh, the episode with Dr. Heather, we talked about yeah, this yeah, and it was yeah. really good, really good. Please go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, what I learned, like for one with Lisa, boy, she likes uh, as a love language acts of service. I used to feel so taken advantage. She would just ask me to do so many things. You talk about a honeydew list. Oh my God. And then when I got started on it, she would keep adding to it as I'm doing it. But you know what? It's uh that's uh it's an act of love. Like I I today I accept it, I roll with it, and I enjoy it. She's she really, really appreciates it, and it's a big part of our relationship. I didn't know that. Um you know that book was such a a, a marvel when it came out because yeah. I felt the same way. I'm I think I'm an acts of service person. Uh that's my love language, and so uh, but it's not, not Anne Marie's. Anne Marie's is so, yeah. uh, spending time, and mm. um, and so here. But I was showing her my version of it, and she wasn't seeing. You know what I mean? Like she yeah, wasn't know receiving it the way I would have received it. And it's like I'm doing all these things. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know what I mean? And my brother's uh, the same way, and I yeah. didn't recognize that until I learned about it. 
Yeah, like, isn't it? It's oh, interesting. Wow. It's like, no, no, you're on the wrong frequency. This is the frequency. That because I'm a verbal, right? I'm a verbal guy. So I thought everybody was the same and supposed same. to be that way. Yeah. And yeah. if you're not, then you're not loving me. You don't, you know, you know what? And this is what I said with Dr. Heather is when you learn these things and there's more than five, but um, when you learn that people just express love in different ways, all of a sudden you're perceiving and receiving all this love that you weren't before. You just didn't yeah. perceive it before. Huh. Isn't that something? That's really important, man. Yeah, it kind of goes both ways. It does uh, go it, both Perspective ways. is everything, right? Perceptive I mean, is your reality. What yeah. you perceive is your reality. And yeah. it could be entirely different, man. If you go in somebody else's head, I swear to God, you'd have a whole different reality going on, in, even though you're in the same environment. Well, and you think about how arguments in relationships start are normally as a result of misunderstandings. Yes. And so this is a key is yeah. in, in my relationship is that, hey, there must be a misunderstanding because I know my wife is always for me. And mm. uh, but sometimes I forget for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. I don't know why I forget that, but yeah. I forget. And sometimes I'm reminded that, hey, I'm your friend. <laughs> Remember? And, you know, that's know. the thing. And, you know, it, it turns I'm on out, your team. I said it that within the last out, week. Mary, and I hate to even say this, but it turns out that mostly the arguments and conflict are residing right here. Mm. It's happening because I'm perceiving something the wrong way. I'm inside of my head too much. I need to look in the mirror and look at myself first and and i think that that solves about 99% of the conflict right there is it's it starts right here mm -hmm. instead of looking at the other person and i think that marriage is such a um you know it, it's a it's a spiritual concept really if mm -hmm. you look at you know how marriage was invented from a christian point of view is mm -hmm. god implemented it and it was a mirror of our our relationship with him and um and and so this is uh the, this is our area where we can begin to practice the god kind of love which is completely focused on the other person and not on self. And that is not a normal human thing. It's supernatural. And so, and we know it when we get married, you know, it's supernatural because you really can't do that on your own energy. It's, it, you're so, we're all very, we can't help it. We're, we have a conflict, we have a bias and it's because we live inside of our own bodies. And so it's hard for us to be that kind of focus, but we brought up the golden rule earlier. Mm. It's what the golden rule is, is mm. you treat people the way that you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about the love languages. You, you don't treat them exactly the way you you get treated, but the way that they you should want, be treated to to under to, for them to experience what you want to experience it. <laughs> that was kind of hard to say. Uh, it is, you know but I mean? it's also so simple. Yeah, it, you know what? Because yeah. we learned that we had the good fortune of growing up in an era where we we watched Sesame Street, and we're taught this at a very early age, and it's not taught anymore. And that's why there's so much anxiety mm -hmm. in the world. And mm -hmm. I swear to God, if all you, I had this conversation with my mom on the phone just the other day, and we were talking about spirituality and, and she's very agnostic. And even though we grew up going to church as Protestants and, and I, of course I said that I, 
uh, very, very accepting of religion. And I think that uh, this country could use more of it because of these values. And she was like, you know, if kids were just simply taught to do unto others as you would have done to you, that's all you need. And I was like, it would change God, the whole world. It would change right. the whole world. Yeah. And that's the would. God kind of love. And that's uh -huh. the kind of love that we need to bring into our marriages. If we're all about self, this is usually how marriages collapse. Yes. And, and yes. Uh, and and, you, and and so this this is the work part, Barry, that we talked about. It working to maintain your relationship normally means, you know, getting out of yourself and focusing on the other person. And 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 just like you said, you know, when you start to understand the things about that other person that delights them, suddenly their delight becomes your delight. Yeah, that's and exactly. It's, Isn't it's, that something? But yeah, it extends it, it, beyond. That's that where happy too. wife, happy life actually means, though. Yeah, really? You know, it's yeah. like you start to realize that their happiness creates happiness in you. Yeah. And, but it uh, extends beyond that because we have a beautiful family. Absolutely beautiful. And um, but it's a more mature family, and meaning not many kids. And one thing that uh, as you mature, you get to know that uh, we're speaking to forgiveness, that you accept people for who they are and uh, forgive people for their shortcomings. And and then when you do that, it, you receive it as well. And all of a sudden you're living in bliss with your family. It's really awesome. And yes. um, if you could extend that to your friends, that's uh, even, even better. It, so if you live in that, you will, if you extend that love, you'll receive more love and you and therefore be more happy. So something we discussed before is that any, if you ever find yourself needing counseling, some therapy or something, one of the first things they're going to tell you is do something for someone. Pick up the phone help, and make someone happy. Go Help an old lady across the street. Bring someone's groceries in for them. Do something for other people. Get out of your own freaking head. Stop thinking about yourself and start thinking and doing for others, and you'll be a lot happier. Mm -hmm. It's And so... Exactly. That Back to marriage. Great. Yeah. Back to marriage. So if you forgive and you do things for your loved one, and you know what, man? There's just times when we're stressed out. We haven't been sleeping well. We don't feel good. Maybe you're a little sick. You know, you could be in a in a in a long, prolonged uh period of discomfort, mental discomfort because of what is going on in your life. And it's really hard to stay in a place of love, forgiveness, and gratitude at those moments. So I think that's a time when you got to take better care of yourself so that you can get back to a place. What does it take to get you in a place of gratitude is really what the question is. Well, sometimes yeah. you got to stir it up, right? I mean, sometimes you have <laughs> yeah, to, yeah. you have to like, just start to think take a about, leap. Yeah, and, and just, you know, we are, we are in control of what we think about and we personal can, responsibility. We can change how we're thinking about things and we can start to think about 
uh, the things that we love the most about our spouse or uh, how we fell in love or maybe that look that they give you that, get, like I said, gives you the butterflies or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. is you, 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 you focus on that kind of thing and, you know, you're, you're right back to where you were before. And here's another one too, you know, there's an old saying not to go to bed angry with each other. We do that a lot though. And and I do think that that is a a thing that should not happen. I I, I think that personally, this is my thing. Is I I can't stand when I have something in my head that's just mm. festering. Mm. I got to put that out in the light. And mm. uh, I don't think everybody's like this, but nope. I am. I I can't. I cannot keep. I wear my emotions on my sleeve, so I can't. I can't keep stuff inside. I I just have to. Let's throw it out. We got to. We have to we have to work work this out and and then move on because I can't move on and mm. uh, um and and so therefore I'm not carrying around a whole bunch of baggage I I don't I, I'm I'm one of those guys when I go through that go to their you know just this this whole thing about uh, keeping things inside and bottling it up uh, at least in in my own relationship with my wife that doesn't. That doesn't work for me. I think that's a really good model. I think we've all read it. We've all heard it a hundred times, but I'm going to tell you straight up. We don't do that. We will sometimes be angry at each other for days and and really barely talk. Yeah, I can't even stand that. <laughs> I there, I'll be honest not with talking. You. Holy cow, man. I can't, I, there's, the there's honestly times I got to tell you, I mean, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but she's Sicilian. And there's times I'd rather just not hear anything rather than well, the alternative. So I, I, I'm i sorry, Lisa, I'm sorry I said that. But you know what? I, want, I, I think it's important to see other perspectives. I don't want to sit here and pretend that I'm perfect, we're perfect by any means. We're very imperfect, but we've been together 15 years, and man, I love her with all my heart and uh, with all of our imperfections. And I am, I'm sure I'm not easy to have a relationship with. So there's that. Yeah. I think just realizing that actually is something that fosters even more love is when you realize how yeah. unlovable, like when I realize <laughs> how unlovable I can be and then yeah. I have a wife that loves me. I'm very, very grateful for that. And, yeah. uh, and it, it brings it back down to the thankfulness. The thing, you know, when you're grateful, it causes happiness and yeah, it just man. really does just, Hey, you know, the gratefulness um, is is a key. I got to tell you, man, I've been living in a lot of gratitude for about the last year or so. And, I'm, and I know that Charlie has a lot to do with it, our beautiful dog, uh, because we start off every morning meeting up with all of these beautiful people with their beautiful dogs. That's heaven right there for me. They're so dog people are so nice. Oh, they so are nice. <clears throat> That's one thing I miss about having a dog. I, I just loved all the all the interaction I was yeah. having with all the neighbors and everything. And yeah. when my dog passed away, it was it was was much more than just losing my my friend, uh -huh. my dog. But uh, all these relationships that I had formed with my yeah. dog were gone. 
I yeah. mean, they were just gone. I remember seeing one of my dog friends uh, a, a few months afterwards, and it was almost like they didn't recognize me because I didn't have my dog with <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, right. And, and then it was just like, oh, hey. But it was almost like we didn't have anything to talk about anymore. Yeah, it's like seeing dog. someone from the gym in yeah. street clothes. Like, yeah, I know you like, from hey. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you yeah, know, well, that was I, a trip, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think we should move on because we got a lot to talk about yeah. and okay. uh, I'm, man, I'm a lot has, and, and I think that for the most part, you're going to be leading the rest of the show, uh, taking the lead on it because it's, it's mostly political, but it's worldwide implications. There's so many things that have gone on. I, There's I, too many things, too many, too many. And I am just, you know, I don't want to just throw out a bunch of anxiety and negativity with the rest no. of the show, but no. I am dismayed. I am completely dismayed, dismayed. with our government. It's a with, good word. With uh, all of the wars that everybody's on. You know what a good word is? The hmm. last word that you texted me, as far as I can recall, is uniparty. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah, and I, I copied this headline down. House vote to impeach Mayorkas fails in stunning defeat for Republican leaders. And it's like Mayorkas, uh, his impeachment, the exact charges, but it, uh, but it, it uh, Homeland Security, uh, he, the border, the illegal aliens, the alien invasion coming through our border, it's beyond terrifying. Oh, and we wanted to, uh, with that, discuss the um, Eric Weinstein, or that's his brother. Uh, Brett Weinstein. Brett, Brett Weinstein. Yeah. These two, uh, those two brothers are genius. I mean, they're the smartest people in the world. Brett Weinstein is a biologist, an internationally renowned biologist who took it upon himself to go down to Panama to see the, Is it, how do you say that gap? What's it called? Uh, the Darien Gap. Yeah. And uh, you might want to just start taking over here, but- he went down there to see what was going on with this border for himself. And there's this uh, Darien Gap that uh, is like almost impenetrable that all of these migrants by the thousands, hundreds of thousands have been crossing to come over. And it looks like they're building a freeway through it. Yeah, there's a lot a lot to unpack there, Barry. Uh, this so is so much. Uh, I said so much right there. Well, it, 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 there's so much more too. This yeah. is a very. This was mind blowing to me. So Tucker Carlson did an interview with Brett Weinstein a couple of weeks ago. You could go on X and you could go to Tucker Carlson and you can pull up these interviews that he's doing. But uh, this one was within the last few weeks. So so Brett Weinstein is a biologist. Uh, let me just stop right there. Barry, you seem to be familiar with Brett Weinstein mm -hmm. uh, from before Let me give this. a bit of background on him. Uh, so I learned of Brett Weinstein through Jordan Peterson, and they have perfectly parallel paths. Brett Weinstein was a professor, I believe, in Seattle, at a university in Seattle. And this is like at the same time this happened to Jordan Peterson. Both considered themselves progressives back then. And but there's just certain moral moral boundaries that they won't uh, cross because they're really good, smart people. And with Weinstein at this university, they had a no white person day. All white people were not mm. supposed to attend classes. And and as a professor, he's like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing that. I would not follow that. That's obviously racist. And he got canceled for that. And like wow. Jordan Peterson. 
he rose to inter international fame as a result. And his career path took a total the same trajectory as Jordan Peterson ever since. So he's just really a moral compass for the, the rest of us in the anti-woke movement. So I guess that's a good way to put it. That is. Uh, okay, very good. I'm, I'm, I've just learned some things there about him. Um, so he's a biologist. He he was invited to go down to this area called the Darien Gap by a man by the name of uh, Michael Yan. And Michael Yan is a he's an ex-Green Beret. He's a world traveler. He's been embedded in the the uh, several wars, uh, Iraq, uh, he was in, uh, um, I think he's been in Ukraine. He's been everywhere. This guy's been everywhere. He's seen everything. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty amazing guy. So he was sending these pictures up from the Darien Gap to Brett Weinstein saying, you got to come down here and check this out. You, you, you're going to be blown away and you have to see this. So let's just uh, go back to where is the Darien Gap? I, I'd heard of it a couple of times but I, I hadn't actually seen it, but here's a, here's a picture uh, of it. Yeah. Panama, you can see there's this road right here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, this, this road actually goes all the way up to Alaska and down through South America, but it stops right here and then it picks up over here. So this is the gap. Um, and, and, Here's the deal, Barry, is that uh, it turns out that if you take a look at South America, uh, in South America right now, there's a couple of countries. Let me see if I can pull this up. There's a couple of countries here that uh, people can come into and uh, they don't have to have a visa. So here in South America, you got Colombia here. You've got Venezuela here. Here's Panama uh, but you can come into Ecuador without a visa, or you could come into this uh, uh, this country called Suriname or Brazil. I never and heard of Suriname. I never had either, but it looks mm. like it was uh, French Guyana. You heard of the Guyana tragedy? Uh, mm -hmm. That's in that that same area of the world. And so people are coming in from all over the world right now to mm -hmm. these countries. And they're coming in across uh, Colombia and over this Darien Gap in order to get into the United States. Why are they doing that? Well, it turns out that they're all being incented to, to flee economic uh, um, strife, yeah, economic turmoil, economic uh, tyranny. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't have a economic, and they're looking for economic asylum. And so the United Nations. All over the world is incenting these people and financing these people to come into these countries and go across the Darien Gap because what they're being told is that the United States wants them to come over. The United States wants them. Now, keep in mind that the number one contributor to the UN as far as finances is the United States. Oh, yeah. So it is our tax dollars that are financing this. The unfortunate thing that we're finding out is that they're incenting these families to go across this Darien Gap, and they're completely unprepared for the monumental obstacles that they're about to go across. And so this, this little gap area is 60 miles long, and it's some of the toughest terrain in mm. the world. It's a rainforest, that little 
you saw how uh, narrow that strip is. Mm -hmm. It's a part of the continental divide. And so this mountain range goes all the way down across there. So that's all mountainous area and it's rainforest. Yeah. Uh, they have uh, mud in there that's like quicksand. It's mountainous. There's one mountain called the La Montaña de Muerto, uh, the Death Mountain. And, uh, and it's called that because... People die up there. Uh, people slip off the mountain all the time and die other ways. They die as they slip, they fall, they break a bone. There's no way for anybody to it's carry them out of there. You'll see a lot of bodies on your journey. So the deal is uh, Michael Yan has estimated that about 10% uh, of the people going across the Darien Gap die. Uh, at the time he was saying that it was 2021, about 100,000 people had gone across the Darien Gap uh, that, that previous year. Year, meaning about 10,000 bodies are littered along that 60-mile route. But last year, 520,000 people went across there. Thanks, and so Joe. we've got uh, it, it. They're being incented mm -hmm. by our own tax dollars. Yes. Uh, 52,000 more people uh, decaying there along that pass. Keep in mind, the Vietnam War that we fought in, that was so horrible. 54,000 uh, U.S. soldiers were lost during a 10-year period wow. of time. This is one year. Last wow. year, that wow. many people died along the way. Now, the people that get that make it through that uh, have basically lost everything. Um, they have they been, leave uh, their they, belongings behind and they everything. can't carry their it's belongings. Too, it's, it's too raining. tough. It's yeah. too tough. The other thing is that they're they, they get to the other side. They're exhausted. Typically, they've had everything that the, if they hadn't lost everything they owned by dropping it, they've had it stolen from them because mm -hmm. there are marauding gangs there that are not only stealing, they're murdering. And most Raping. of the women that go through there have been raped. Yes. Uh, so that's the deal. And then on the other side of this, this is terrible. This it's, is terrible. Oh. We're, we're incenting these people for what? For what purpose are we incenting them to go through that? That is really a sick thing. Let's talk when about they... it for a moment. Now, because my understanding is, is because nobody will talk about this in the media. Right, right. right. Uh, my understanding is one for votes. Obviously, if if seventy five percent of them vote Democrat, then well, that's that's what you that's what they want. The other is I've heard economically that there's so many people in the U.S. that won't do the jobs that they will do, and and we have this aging population. Like so, let's hear your point of view because, as I said, nobody will talk about that. Yeah. Why do we well, not close this border and not only not close it, but incentivize all these people? to come over here. Why? And this is beyond epic proportions. And, and, and then we got to get to why this Mayorkas has not been impeached. I cannot. Well, I, your question is a great question. And I, I'm going to tell you that I don't know the answer. I have speculation on the answer. And I just want to tell you this about this Brett Weinstein interview. I, mm. I have so much respect for this guy because sure. what he said was that he was, he, as he went through this, he said, now a lot of this I saw, and I'm going to report to you what I saw, but a lot of what I'm going to say is going to be hypothesis. And I'm oh, going to correct. separate those things uh, out Glad so that you, you know that. what my hypothesis is. And I, I say that's true journalism right there. Yeah. The way that he separated from that a out. biologist. So, and he yeah. did not see a single journalist out there. Uh, it that's what's so mind-blowing okay it? like the only guy it's out there is michael yan he is a journalist michael mm. yan is mm. a journalist so he was the only one um and so i don't 
know the answer. I have speculation. And here's my speculation. It seems like there is a tremendous coordinated effort that is worldwide to destroy this country. And our own federal government seems to be bought working off. to destroy our own country. I they are think, bought off. They I are, think he made it clear that basically it's kind of like uh, 9-11. They turned our freedoms on us. And then all of a sudden now we get strip search uh, airports because of that. Right. Uh, they turned our freedom against this. Now what they've figured out is how to turn capitalism against us. Our own greed. We use capitalism. We use that greed that uh that hunger and so to incentivize people to build great companies and inventions and things and it's been a huge success but everybody can be bought apparently in our well, government it seems like there's an elite contingent that is incented by a worldwide government that they feel that they are a part of and and that's where their allegiance actually is. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, part of it is that they're being bought off uh, and they're being compromised or they're being blackmailed. There's a lot of this stuff going on. But Brett Weinstein was asked, uh, is it, um, you know, migration or is it an invasion? And as as we'll move forward in this uh, interview, <clears throat> what he said was it's both. both. Yeah. And so here's what he found on the other side of the Darien Gap, Gap are these camps uh, yeah. and and they're in Panama and they're run by the Panamanian government and they're allowed to go into these camps and interview the migrants. And what they found was that the migrants were very happy to be interviewed because whenever they saw Americans, they wanted to be in America. Uh, they they uh, were friendly towards the Americans. What they saw in the camps were men, women, and children in these gaps that uh, in these camps that had made it through the Darien Gap, uh, and they had tragic stories of how they had made mm. it. And in the camp, you could see signs: the United States had sponsored all of these supplies for them. The United States flags were everywhere. It, these are UN facilities and NGOs, uh, lots of NGOs that are a part of financing this whole thing now the thing that he found extremely interesting was that there were other camps there uh one of them was called uh camp uh vincente and this uh particular camp he was not allowed to go into by the panamanian government uh they're not allowed to even take pictures of the camp and so they uh, got they did take a couple of pictures, but they had to do it from a distance. And so what they did was they tried to talk to some of these inhabitants that were in the camp that had gone out into the city. These were all men. They were all Chinese. Yeah, they were all military age. There were some women, absolutely no children. When they talked to these people, they were very uh, elusive. They didn't want to talk at all. Uh, Michael Yan is a person that has been around people that were uh, uh, oppressed by government where they don't talk because they're afraid of the government. And he's he's he knows all the signs. What they're saying is that's not what these people were. These people were not afraid of their government. They were seemingly a part of the the mm -hmm. the Chinese government, the CCP. Mm -hmm. And uh, what. What Brett Weinstein was showing is that it looks like this whole migrant thing, this migrant tragedy that's moving up from South America into the United States is a cover for the invasion of the CCP. 
and they're it's, using these migrants to to infiltrate into the United States and that these people that were in these camps for the Chinese didn't come across the Darien Gap. If you go back to that map that I showed you at the end of the road, they take boats and totally avoid the Darien Gap because they're provided with supplies and money mm -hmm. to afford to be able to do this. So these camps were totally different than the other camps. And what's being exposed here is an invasion by the CCP mm -hmm. using a, mig a migration to keep their cover. Now, with that being said, all part of their plan was it 2035? Is the this is the 2030 is the you'll own nothing and love it. Yeah, that's yep. their agenda 2030 to world and, domination. Yeah, And that and, you know, he's referring to agenda 2030 is a U.N. agenda. At, and you hear it all the time from Klaus Schwab at the yeah. WEF, which is a part of the U.N., by the way. Mm. And I so, yes. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it interesting? The oh WEF, all the all those meetings in Davos and you hear what they're saying. They're mm. behind all of this. That's a part of the U.N., the World Health Organization, where mm. we've got Dr. Tedros poisoning everybody. Um, he he's a part of the that's part of the U.N. as well. The World Health Organization, wow. the World uh, International Monetary Fund, they're all connected together. And this is what I'm saying. This is a massive globalist movement. Uh, it's not just the CCP. These people are all tied together. The, the whole uh, you can't impeach Mayorkas. That's all tied together to this, too. Yeah. And by the way, I'll, I'm going to say this. This whole thing where we were under the impression that we had this party system with Democrats mm -hmm. and Republicans. Mm -hmm. Well, the fact is, is that the Democrats and the Republicans have to know about this. Congress is who finances uh, uh, the United the United Nations. That's Democrats and Republicans. They keep sending the money. They know that this is what the plan is. They have to know. There's no way they could. You and I know. know. They're a part of this. Mm -hmm. This is all. It's so. So surprise, we can't we can't impeach Mayorkas. The two party system is a sham. Mm -hmm. There's no two party system. The Republicans and the Democrats are are the, the they're the same. Uh, they're they're working together apparently to destroy this country. I I, I hate to say this because it sounds crazy. If I would have said this three and a half years ago, we that that would have been the end. But yep. now that we have all this evidence. It's hard to say that that's not what's happening. And, mm. and even like last week, last not last week, but the last time you and I talked where we heard um, Carrie Lake and that whole thing mm. where the Republicans mm -hmm. were going to bribe her to stay out right. and she doesn't put that tape out for a year. Come on, man. What mm -hmm. is going on here with our government? What's going on with our FBI where they're they're hi hiding things from us? What about the CIA? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. What? And don't get me started on Ukraine because I just saw Tucker Carlson's interview with with uh, Putin, and my God! Oh, did you? I didn't see it yet. It's did it come out it last came, night. Came out last night, and oh. um, and there's a there's a saying in the Bible that says everything a man says sounds right until you hear the other guy's story, the other yeah. side of the story. Yeah, and uh, I'm telling you, Barry. First of all, um. I know I know this whole thing is connected and, and you can tell. Look, look at the border bill that came out last week. The border bill had not our just our border. That was they call it the border bill. That's about our border. Right. How come Ukraine money was in there? How come right, how right. come Israel money was in there? 
Uh, these things are all. I wish tied we had together. just a little bit of a say about what our, where our tax dollars go because yeah, they're going they're, everywhere that I don't want. And and that's it, Barry. Because you we, we we spent a lot of time on the Declaration of Independence when we first started this show, and that's it. It says in there that we're supposed to have government of the people, by the people, and for the people. This is supposed to be by the consent of the governed. But when you see what's happening in Ukraine, well, first off, we don't, you and I don't even know what's happening in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. They're not telling us. We can see what's happening on our border. We can't see what's happening in Ukraine. It, that right. seems to be an awfully convenient little gimmick for those that are fleecing America. Mm -hmm. They can just say, oh, the terrible Russians and oh, this is crazy putin he's just he just wants to kill people and then take over all of europe mm -hmm. well when you hear putin talk first off he's very clear-headed in his thinking uh which i found to be kind of refreshing actually after hearing Let me our politicians so was it translated uh was it yes. dubbed or what did you have to read yes. sub Captions no, or? I didn't have to read subcaptions. They had a really mm. good translator. So yeah. okay. uh, they were sitting, you know, facing each other. They both have like an earpiece. Mm. So uh, the, the when uh, Putin talks, it was really interesting to see Putin talk because you can hear him speaking in Russian. But mm. then there's a guy that's translating that has a pretty good personality, too. Mm. So uh, it, he seems to be matching Putin's personality because Putin's kind of animated when he's speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, and you start to get to understand the personality of Putin. Like, you never actually got to see anything like We this. don't think of him as a regular person. No, yeah. no. But when you see this interview, it's like the first thing he does is he goes into into uh tucker asked him about ukraine and why do you think that you have these stakes in ukraine and and so putin starts out by going hey is this a an interview is this a talk show or an actual interview because if it's a talk show i can't go into these I, I can't actually go into detail but if it's an actual interview and we can draw this out and tucker's like it's an interview he goes okay i'm gonna bring you back to uh 800 a.d and talk about the the history wow. of Russia. And he goes through this amazing history where you start to learn how Ukraine is actually has been a part of Russia for hundreds and hundreds of years. In fact, Ukraine means fringe. Uh, there was never a country called Ukraine mm. uh, in Russia. It means fringe. If you take a look at uh, where that territory is, it's on the fringe of the Russian territory. Mm. And so it's Ukraine's not really a, a place. It's an area of Russia. Even Poland was called Ukraine. Mm. Uh, so it, it's very interesting. Because we used we, to refer to it as the Ukraine. Isn't that interesting? Uh -huh. so, as if it was a territory. The fringe, right. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And yeah. so uh, he goes into just, uh, I'll try to cut it short, but he goes into this whole thing where um, right around World War One, World War Two, the Western powers were incented to get that territory aligned with them to weaken the power of Russia. Mm. And so what they started doing was saying, you're not really Russians, even though they spoke Russian. Uh, you're a different nationality. Same thing with Poland. You're a different mm -hmm. nationality. And they they got them to really have more allegiance to the West instead of to to Russia. Um, and it, this was all strategic and, and political. 
But um, as you start to listen to his story, you start to understand, hey, this is why they want to hang on to this whole area. But he goes into what happened around 2008, where the CIA came into uh, into our uh, Ukraine and actually fostered a, a coup. And took over the government. And we all, we none of us knew this when this all started. But as we've done our research, we're understanding. Yep, the the CIA was involved in this. Mm-hmm. They they of got course. rid of the old president that was duly elected, uh, and although corrupt, he was duly elected by the people, and they put their own guy in there, and uh, and then they uh, uh, fomented a whole war against the eastern colonies or the eastern part of ukraine because they were they speak russian they're more they they're more aligned with russia and it turns out that this whole thing started because of the economy uh this was an economic move uh it, which really was hurting russia to try to cut off the donbass and that whole area and there was a whole ex existential threat to Russia. This wasn't just Russia wanting to get in there, but it all hinges on NATO. And the fact that Russia was promised that NATO would not expand to the east, there was no reason for NATO to expand to the east now that Russia was Mm -hmm. not the Soviet Union and the West broke those promises. And once they started um, putting Ukraine in the the sight of, hey, we're going to make this part of NATO, that was the last straw because if you look at Ukraine and that becomes a NATO state, now you've got missiles pointing at Moscow only 400 miles away. Mm-hmm. The United States would never have, uh, would never want uh, Chinese missiles in Mexico pointing at Washington. Why would Putin want that pointing at him? Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done anything to deserve this. And this whole thing about his, oh, if you give him Ukraine, he's going to expand. He's going to take Poland. He's going to take all these other places. He completely dismisses that whole thing. Now, do I believe him? I don't know. All right. You're right. I mean, it's not like he didn't think about what he was going to say before he went on air. Yeah. He knew exactly what he was, his, his routine was going to be. But I agree with you. I, it, what we're seeing is the other side of the pancake. So, But what he talked about, though, Barry, is he talked about why are you wanting to mess with me right now, America? You've got your own problems. Can't yeah. you see what's happening at your border right now? Uh, your your border is a mess. What? Why are you focusing on all of my stuff? <clears throat> then he goes That's a very into good this, point. Then he goes into this whole explanation of how uh, they had this whole agreement set up to avoid this whole war in the first place. And one of his stipulations was the denazification of Ukraine. And so Tucker's asking him about, well, what 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 about these Nazis? What are you talking about? And he goes into this history on how the Ukrainians during World War II were loyal to Hitler and that they used Ukrainian soldiers to completely put the kibosh on Poland and to exterminate uh, Jews and Poles and other Russians. And so there's this whole history of loyalty to Hitler from back in the 40s and the people that they were that were leading that loyalty have now become national heroes within Ukraine, which has sparked all of these different Nazi 
uh, uh, cells within Ukraine. And it's mm. very popular and that these people were all behind the coup that happened, which ultimately started this war in the first place. Mm. And so there's all this stuff that's going on that no one in our media ever talks about. Right. And the interesting thing, Barry, is how much these pundits here in the United States were so irritated that Tucker Carlson would interview uh, uh, Putin so much like Hillary came out to talk about it and how, oh, Tucker Carlson couldn't even keep his job at Fox. He's just a puppy dog and he's ruining. I'm telling you, these people are scared of what's what came out i i would encourage everyone to watch that not that i'm endorsing putin but here's the fact is our government is hiding stuff from us and even putin's calling out how this is connected to even our southern border how are wow. these things connected they're connected somehow all of this the israel thing the ukraine thing the border thing the chinese thing uh, um, our inflation thing, our supply chain thing, mm. what's happening in Canada. He brings up, as he's talking about those Nazis in Ukraine, he talks about the uh, how um, Zelensky, like how, how crazy it is that the president of Ukraine is, is Jewish, and yet he has all these things happening that are Nazi-like. To his point, Zelensky goes to Canada He's uh, celebrated in the ca Canadian parliament. And then they they bring this guy up that says, I fought the Russians in World War II. He's from he's from Ukraine. And they all oh, they're celebrating him. Yay. They actually give him a standing ovation. Turns out that guy fought for the Nazis in World War Two. He's a Nazi. Oh, and they're my all, God. It was Zelensky brought him there. Wait a minute. Who fought for the Nazis? He, he would have to be 90 years old. He was. He was an old, old man that they oh. brought and they, oh. and they brought him. This is all this year within the year. Oh. They brought him. They brought Zwolinski to the Canadian Parliament and they celebrated this guy that fought against. Putin oh, I see. I see. And or really fought against Russia. Mm. And he's he's Ukrainian. Well, yeah. it turns out that all these Ukrainian people fought for the on the Nazi behalf. And here's Walensky brings one over and celebrates him. A Jewish president brings a Nazi to Canada and they all celebrate him. And then it comes out like a couple days later, you got to celebrate a Nazi and they're all trying <laughs> to push the press down on it again. You know, when we started hearing about uh, there's Nazis in Ukraine, it was like, come on. Yeah, right, right, right. Like every and, time somebody wants to get get somebody's uh, skin ruffled, they say Nazi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? If I if I say I don't like Hillary Clinton on Facebook, oh, I'm going to be called a Nazi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone's a Nazi. But well, right. then here's the other thing that we've heard, Barry, is we've heard about uh, um, these these uh, labs in Ukraine. Oh, they're developing all these viruses in Ukraine. Oh, that's crazy. That can't be happening. Could is it crazy? I, I, now it's like uh, it's something Brett Weinstein said in that interview. Just going back to that mm -hmm. is that we have to forgive ourselves for thinking these crazy thoughts now, things that we would never have yes. thought before, because now 
anything's possible, Barry. Let me say that clearer. I remember when he said that, and I was like, wow. In fact, I would encourage everybody to listen to that interview. Brett Weinstein is very succinct with his words. He doesn't waste a word. What he said right there is I've heard a lot of other people say, a lot of people I respect is, if if you hear conspiracy theory, you better pay attention. Yeah. Don't don't scoff. That's the truth. You better That's the pay truth. attention because that that they've used that conspiracy theory BS to dis as a uh, what's the word to uh, discredit everybody who's about to unveil something. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, they came. The CIA came up with the term to discredit anybody that thought there was more than one shooter in the Kennedy mm-hmm. assassination. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, that's where it comes from. It's been very effective. And mm-hmm. in fact, you you yes. don't even have to Who say wants conspiracy. To be a fool? You don't even have to say conspiracy theory. All you have to do is say conspiracy. And yes. I mean, conspiracy is a real thing, mm. but now they've 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 taken the meaning right out of that word, mm-hmm. which is what they do. Yes, correct. <laughs> let me uh, let's bring this closer to home now. I want to ask you um, how you would put this in your words. Uh, one, how the hell was Mayorkas not impeached? And two, how the hell is Biden not impeached for treason? And no one well, talks about it. I, I I think that he should be impeached for treason, but I, I do think that our government is, is rogue now and that he's never going to be impeached for that. One thing about impeaching Biden, uh, if, if it go, if it first off, you don't have enough votes in the Senate to, to actually convict. So impeachment is, kind of a waste of time it's kind of like impeaching trump or whatever and then and then the other yeah it's a lot like that but the other thing too is if it actually does go through then who do you have you get you get kamala harris (laughs) so that that's that's sort of the impeachment insurance yeah (laughs) i think (laughs) biden's got bigger problems right now in and it has to do with this uh report that just came out yesterday it was the um uh, the IG report on uh, had you seen this? The IG report that I, came out is Biden's so. own DOJ said he has diminished f- faculties and um, and here let me just pull up this article. There's a shocker. This, this this just came out yesterday. So remember all the documents that Biden had uh, in yep. his uh, in his garage. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the it, the in, investigator general IG is that what it's called? I think um, they were doing the research on this. It's been going on for a while. So the Department of Justice released its long awaited investigation into Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents Thursday, delivering a damning assessment of the president's diminished faculties and limited men- memory. Although the report did not recommend bringing charges against the 81-year-old, it provided a cascade of damaging findings about files found in Biden's garage, as well as the president's fitness for office. That's the crazy part here. Mm-hmm. Where do you know he's, he had all those things in there? In interviews with investigators, Biden became muddled about the dates he was vice president, could not even remember the year in which his son, Bo, died. Oh, my and God. It said his cavalier attitude to classified documents, such as his habit of reading sensitive files to a ghostwriter, posed a significant national security risk. Wow. Um, here's here's something that's just right out of the documents. It, it says uh, 
for eight years as vice president, including regularly in his home, finding classified documents at home less than a month after leaving office could have been an unremarkable and forgettable event. Notably, the classified Afghanistan documents did not come up again in Mr. Biden's dozens of hours of recorded conversations with the ghostwriter or in his book. And the place where the Afghanistan documents were eventually found in Mr. Biden's Delaware garage in a badly damaged box surrounded by household uh, uh, items suggests the documents might have been forgotten. In addition, Biden's memory was significantly limited both during his recorded interviews with the ghostwriter in 2017 and in his interview with our office in 23 and his cooperation with our investigation, including by reporting to the government that the Afghan uh, documents were in his Delaware garage will likely convince some jurors that he made an innocent mistake rather than acting willfully. This is with intent to break the law as the statute requires. It goes on to say that, um, they were stored. It could have been a mistake, but then it goes into his his knowledge that he couldn't remember these things. So so the the IG has decided not to bring up criminal charges on Biden because what he's saying is that um, that that uh, he would be seen as an old man uh, that um, was, had good intent. Oh my uh, God! But, uh, oh my God! But he what if that were Trump? And just replace I, I Biden mean, seriously, Biden with Trump, and read that whole thing all over again. And I, what the hell? Well, I, you know, it's it's interesting because he had a press conference over this last night, and um, I would say that this press conference was probably the worst press conference, not only for Biden but probably for any president that I can ever remember, because what happened was first off, Peter Ducey, of course, comes out and he's he's saying, hey, um, it seems like uh, you got a real problem remembering things. Are you still fit to be the president? And the Oof. president says to him, yeah, I'm still fit to be the president. He goes, well, you, it seems like they're saying that you your memory isn't isn't there anymore. And he goes, my memory is here. I remembered. Uh, I, just to show you, I remembered that I to call on you or something like that. It was like, what? That's you, like what? he said just a few days ago. He was quoted. He he said about Trump. Oh, of course. I, I, of course. How do you say it? Of, of course, he wants to debate me. Who wouldn't want to debate me? Like, yeah. dude, you just insulted the hell out of yourself and you don't know it. Well, he the rest of the press corps just went on the rampage about you said uh, you know, when people were questioning you about your memory, you said, watch me, watch me. Remember you said that. Mm. And then, and then the uh, woman says, yeah, well, we've been watching you and we're very concerned now. And so, I mean, this was coming at him from ABC, NBC, mm. CNN. They were all in it's his on, alliance. Look, look, uh, his alliance fell apart and they all are questioning. And now I'm thinking, He's he's facing not impeachment, but the 25th Amendment. Oh, yeah, but I then I, look, man, the, the, they put all their eggs in one basket. That guy. So what are they going to do? Harris? I, the, you know, the fun, it's funny because he went on to describe uh, the situation in Israel and he, he started to talk about 
uh, Egypt and the president of Egypt, but he actually called him the president of Mexico. And I mean, this guy, he couldn't, I mean, you know, in the, that happened while he was trying to defend his memory. And then uh, wow. when they asked him about, uh, well, they said you couldn't even remember your, when your son died, he, he waxed in uh, uh, a fence. I, I thought, how dare you ask me that? I wear my son's rosary every day that I got it. Our Lady of couldn't remember the the rest of it. Oh my God! Okay, so, so so we got was, an election coming up in, in November, and we got Trump trying to be taken out the knees for the last four years, more than that, more like the last eight years, and and War Machine Nikki Haley hanging. Uh, hanging there by a thread, just hoping that he does get taken out. So then she's anointed and that would just destroy this country in a minute. Or on the other side, we have maybe Joe Biden, who's complete, clearly incapacitated. Even his alliance admits it now. And who do they got waiting in the, in the wings? This country's Nobody. a mess, man. Well, and, and, and look at it. I mean, you know, with Trump, you've got the Supreme court, hearing yesterday where you know you've got maine and colorado who have effectively taken trump off the ballot yeah and we've got primaries That's happening and elections coming up so the supreme court weighed in on it yesterday they don't have a decision it'll be probably in the next couple of weeks but even their liberal justices were saying look the 14th they're trying to apply the 14th amendment which if you take a look at the 14th amendment, it's, it's such a, I can't even believe they're using the 14th amendment on this. Of course, the 14th amendment was used to free the slaves, but in it, there's a section on section three of the 14th amendment. It talks about how, if you were a part of an insurrection that you can't hold a public office anymore. Right, right. It's funny thing about the 14th amendment at the beginning of the 14th amendment, it says that no one can have their life, liberty, or, or pursuit of happiness taken away from them without due process. Mm. Okay, so here's Trump. They're saying he's an insurrectionist, so we got to apply the 14th Amendment and take him off the ballot, but they've never tried him. Uh, they've yeah, never even, they've never even, uh, they haven't convicted him, and they haven't even, he's not accused in court of it. So no, he has all of that. no due process. And so that's not going to work for them. Mm -hmm. uh, and and, and all, it seems like this is going to be a 9-0 vote. So mm -hmm. he's going to be back on that ballot again. But um, the, the, this whole thing seems to be falling apart when you take a look at the IG coming back and saying, well, we can't charge Joe Biden for having all these documents, same kind of documents that Trump had, although it was under lock and key, not yeah. in his garage. Right. Uh, I mean, it looks like if you don't drop all of the charges you have against Trump, then it's so clearly a double standard on, in our justice system that we might as well just pack it in and, and give up. Well, it has been all this time. I know that uh, RFK Jr. doesn't get much press as of uh, lately, but I think as of now, I would be I'll be voting for him. I don't see a lot of other options. I mean, Trump, um, Trump is almost going to be a shoe in. I mean, I don't know all of this uh, discombobulation going on. I don't know what they're going to try next and if they're going to be successful. But I think they're almost, they don't know it, but they're almost anointing him because of the corruption. And everybody sees it and everyone's sick of it.
Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I like RFK Jr. a lot, actually. It, interestingly, he came out with something this week. RFK Jr. exposes Joe Biden's racist past in viral Black History Month post. Yeah. And uh, I looked at this, and I first off, I'm not a fan of Black History Month. I, I think Black history is American history, and I don't want to be coddled like that uh-huh. any longer. I uh-huh. hate that. Um and so uh, I personally want to be an American, not a black American. Oh, I why don't you, they man. call it? Why don't they call it African-American history? I'm so insulted now. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, you just it, and the t- always make sure that you initial cap black when you're using yeah, it. What is that about? Like, it, I, I, that's like it, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And it'll be right next to. Black and white and black is capitalized and yeah. white is is not. And it's crazy. But but uh, here, RFK Jr. puts this out. He says uh, uh, Biden authored the 94 crime bill, which led to massive incarceration of black people. He said, if you don't vote for him, then you ain't black. Mm-hmm. He extended penalties for people under 21 charged with selling marijuana. He endorsed segregationist senators and he opposed busing because he didn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. And then after oh that, gosh. there's all of these videos uh, of, of just clips of He's on and on and on of racist things that he says. And I know. It's like they just come out of his mouth and he doesn't even realize that. I know. Out of his mouth. I know. I know. Well, the it's fact obvious. is, uh, is that um, this is having finally having an impact on the black vote. And we know that uh, the black vote is uh, a big first off, the Democrats have owned the black vote since the 50s and uh, they never had to turn back. But uh, what we're seeing here is that these policies of Joe Biden have been completely impacting black communities. We've talked a lot about immigration today, but where do you think those immigrants are going to? They're all going into those neighborhoods where black people live. And and so now what we're looking at is that I can't find the article. Oh, here it is. New polls saying Democrats are losing support amongst black and Hispanic voters. And it's because of these policies that are impacting them. The inflation is too high. They can't afford to buy the things that they need any longer. And uh, their neighborhoods have been destroyed over the years and they've got a homeless problem and they've got illegal immigrants that are competing for their jobs. The Democrat Party's advantage over Republicans with black and Hispanic adults shrunk by nearly 20 points over the last three years, according to a new Gallup poll. The poll found the difference between the share of black adults who identify as Democrat or less lean Democrat versus the share that identifies as Republican or lean Republican decreased from 66 percent in 2020 to 47 percent in 23 lowest level recorded since Gallup began tracking those numbers and it goes on but the fact is is as you take a look at the margins of the presidential victory Biden over Trump it was very narrow and these are the kinds of things that uh, they're going to be facing as they look at a declining president uh, when I say declining, declining in popularity, declining in mental health, and declining in support uh, from the Black and Hispanic community, they have, and, and looking at the 25th uh, Amendment, uh, man, that, they, and all, now he's fighting with the press. I mean, go back and look at that press conference from yesterday. 
That's stunning. Never seen it before. Uh, I'll have to look at that. I can't believe that he even wants to be reelected. You know, it's it's a funny thing. They asked him that in the press conference yesterday and they said, well, why would you've said that there are plenty of competent Democrats that could do this? Why do you have to do this? And he said it was to finish the job that he started. Oh, God. Can't let them do that. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, tell what, you what, what a terrible campaign night for Joe Biden and oh, a terrible, terrible week, really, for American government in general. I'm just dismayed with uh, the the media, of course. I mean, who's not? I, but uh, they're always trying to tell us that we're supposed to like think this economy is good. Uh, how on earth can you wrap up that? And, and sell it to us. You know, it's one of those things where you think, you know, the nerve of you telling me that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you would think that would be a very insulting thing to say. That's I how mean, I feel. We, we all go to the grocery store and we're shocked at how much those just those few groceries cost yes. now. And you're like, how are we going to do this? And and uh, how is how's anybody else doing this? And then they tell you, oh, it's the best economy ever. And I, yes. I saw an interview, uh, and I can't remember who it was. It was somebody that was trying to say, oh, it's the best economy ever. And um, and this this news person was challenging that and saying, well, why would you say that? Well, because inflation has dropped down to blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the they got was, these yes, twisted yes, talking points. Yeah. Inflation has dropped. So it's meaning that it's not going up and up and up anymore. But those prices have not come down. Right. So you can talk about how inflation, oh, we've stagnated inflation. Yeah, but we're still paying like five times more at the grocery mm-hmm. store than we were three years ago. So mm-hmm. we don't care if inflation isn't going up anymore. When's it going to go back to the prices we can afford? I mean, you know, we're you just can't getting, talk to these people. Look, we're just getting a snow job from them. Every single time, every single thing we ask, we get a snow job. And you know what's also insulting is when the president comes out and he won't take questions. Are you yeah. kidding me? You, that just shows right there that you're not being honest with us. You're going right. to throw your propaganda out there and walk away without us questioning it. Mm-hmm. It's so un-American. Everything is un-American right now. It it just it's not the country that we grew up to love and be proud of. I agree. Know? It is no longer that. And it's and awful. It's, it's also it's something I think about a lot is when exactly did we lose that? I mean, did we lose it long before and we just didn't know it? I'm coming mm-hmm. to that realization. Well, it's kind of obvious. You could uh, uh, just uh, kind of go backwards. Like we only just three years ago, realized that our schools were being taught by these uh, woke um, communists, basically. And uh, so they were already being groomed 20 years prior, you know? Now they're teaching our kids. So the rug got pulled out from underneath of us slowly, uh, but surely and deliberately 20 plus years ago, 25 years ago, it really began. And uh, I don't even, it, it's mind blowing. Like well, this whole podcast talking about the Darien gap in the, in the border crisis and all of this. <laughs> Remember three years ago when they, we weren't allowed to say border crisis. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, Barry, you know, it, it's such a crazy thing. Um, This uh, uh, let's see here. I got something. Um, 
just just going back to that whole crisis uh border crisis thing uh we what's i'm trying to i'm, I'm trying to bring up an article here um here in Arizona, we have got unbelievable, an unbelievable situation that's happening at, at our border right now where these I people bet. are coming across. And um, we what was a guy, Project Veritas, James O'Keefe did a uh, and he, he's still out there, even though he doesn't he's not with Project Veritas anymore. He's he's still out there doing his thing. And he um, he exposes this uh, this hotel here in um uh here in Arizona in the Tucson area and what he does is he 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 goes undercover and he dresses up as a homeless person and he goes to this Ramada Inn that's next to the Tucson airport and he uh and he also has people going in there undercover so he's dressed up as a homeless person and this whole hotel is is cordoned off he can't uh he can't get to it and uh he's asking the police why and they're just telling him get out of here here's the deal is that we've got hotels that have been commandeered by ngos and also by our government in this particular one this ramada inn by the airport has all military age uh young men from all over the world uh, being uh, held there and then being transferred to all other parts of the country, all of that being paid for by our federal government and NGOs. Uh, the police, the sheriff department down in Pima County, which is on the border, was protecting it and would not volunteer any information. As busloads of people came in, James O'Keefe was asking the sheriff, hey, who, what, what are those people who are And oh, I don't know, I have no idea. He wouldn't even look at them. We're getting totally stonewalled on what's happening at our border right now. You take a look at that border bill, and it's like, if you look at the details of that border bill that came out, this isn't going to stop immigration, uh, illegal immigration. It's going to expand it dramatically, and they're all in on this. Well, what I would speculate— one, One last thing I'll say is one of the NGOs was Catholic Charities. Catholic Charities is purchasing— all the airline tickets for these individuals in here and sending them all over the country. Why would the Catholic church do that? My wonder my speculation on what they're doing at that Ramada Inn and uh, holding those young immigrant, uh, illegal immigrant males is they're going to ship them off to these democratic cities and do what they did to New York and force these mayors to call, call their bluff Hey, you you wanted this? Here you go. And I mean, I think Arizona and Florida and Texas are the few places where Americans are still trying to be Americans and trying to do the right thing for this country. I, I agree with that. But when you see how the Pima County Sheriff's Department was cooperating and, and, and hiding these, they were hiding these people. I don't see them as actually trying to do something to force anybody to do anything. What's happening here in Arizona is Arizona is a red state and they're trying to turn it into a blue state mm-hmm. and they're Same trying to do everything possible. If you take a look at what happened with the governor race with Katie Hobbs, I mean, they inserted her in here. You know, we've got this terrible crisis happening at the border. I haven't seen Katie Hobbs one time. I haven't seen her speak not one time since she's been the governor. Mm. What, what, what is she doing? Mm. Um, the, the, they're, they're making it happen. They're trying to destroy the state that I moved to to escape tyranny out of California, yeah. where you brought up the teachers union. 
That was Gavin Newsom's number one donor was the Mm -hmm. teachers' unions. They're trying to do the same thing over here uh, by bringing these people in here and sending them all over the country and bringing them all over here. And, you know, when you think about how these people are coming in for free and we're giving them all this money, these are tax dollars. These are, uh, if you donate to the Catholic Church, they're using it to do this now. Mm. What, What? I mean- they're using our hard work against us. This is yeah. diabolical, Barry. Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, with that, that, you know, we started off this conversation. I was like, God, I hope that you know, we don't go too dark and everything with it. And it has been. It's been um, really, I think we use the word dismayed. Uh, dismayed. dismayed. That yeah. is the word, yeah. It is. So I am going to have to go here real soon. And yeah, I, I wanted to see if you had any thoughts on the, or or anything about the super bowl super bowl sunday and do you care i don't <clears throat> i uh i i'm i i know you're trying to turn this into positive <laughs> <laughs> but i i have to say that i feel like everything we talked about the nfl is completely all about it uh, and um i just I hate that, uh, that I feel that way. I used to really love the NFL. Now I wish that, that they could take the N out of the NFL. Cause that doesn't seem like they're for the country anymore. I don't like the whole Taylor Swift thing. I'm jaded by the NFL. So I probably don't have a, a good opinion, mm. but I, I used to love that. I, I love football, but I hate what they've done. Hmm. Well, I, uh, yeah, I don't like the pageantry of, uh, the Super Bowl. It, it just brings out all the people who actually want to watch commercials and, uh, and, uh, and a fake halftime show. There hasn't been a real live performance in God knows how long, I think since Prince, maybe 10 plus years ago, yeah, more than that. Yeah. Uh, so I will skip all that, but I like the game. Generally, I like the game more often than not. It's not a good game. Uh, but it's a good matchup between San Francisco and Kansas City. And I I know the Taylor Swift thing. I, I think she seems like a really sweet person. I don't have any uh, negative things to say about her other than, my God, she just never saw a camera she didn't love. Um, she does love that spotlight, which is fine. Uh, like I said, she seems like a sweet person. But I'll say this about uh, Travis Kelsey. Everybody on that football field knows the ball's going to him, and yet he still gets open. Like, I, I know you don't really watch, so that's, uh, you know. Well, that's kind of amazing right there. It, it, it's really amazing. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. You're watching mm-hmm. him at his peak, you know, right now, and it, he's amazing. So there's that. I mean, Kansas City, yeah. I just really respect the team. Uh, but But having said that, I'd like to see San Francisco win because I'd like to see something new. You know, Kansas City's had their time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wish that I could get into it, but I, I just can't anymore. I, yeah. I, I, I just can't. But I, I love that. Uh, there's something that brings Americans together. Still, mm. that mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there needs to be more of that kind of thing. You know, yeah. we are so disunified as mm-hmm. a country. I think that sports can really bring people together. I think that's important still. As silly as that is. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, it is. I think it's, I do think that part is important, but yeah. uh, I do. Yeah, my thing is all the politics that 
you're into into football and i don't have anything against taylor swift personally like Mm -hmm. uh more power to her but i do see that she was used uh i guess to save the nfl uh and and bring nfl never needed saving i think they were bringing in more people that wouldn't have watched before Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what's happening with Taylor and and they and to me it just turned it into something that's not really football it's more of a soap opera kind of thing and and that that brings in a, a tremendous audience I'm just not interested in it Nah, I hear you and it's like um baseball I used to enjoy baseball back when the Indians were good in the 90s and stuff uh but me you too. Know, yeah, times that was change. awesome. Oh, wasn't it? Times change, though, and I swear to God, I could never sit through a baseball game because it's so slow. But it they sped. So I heard, like in the last couple of years, they sped up the game. They changed yeah. the rules, so they sped it up considerably. Yeah, they did change some rules. And, a little and, late and, for uh, a lot of people. You know? I think it might be too late for me, but I, yeah, you know, it's I, I'm not the sports fan I used to be. That's for sure. I know as I've gotten older, I, I find the, the concept silly and, and especially like the Cleveland Pittsburgh rivalry or the Ohio Michigan rivalry. It's like you're grown people that are getting all emotional about p- other people playing a game. That's bizarre. Think about it. It's, it's just really, bizarre. It's kind of childish when you think it's about super it. childish. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you see it as entertainment and you can, I do. And, uh, that's I that. like that part. The thing I like about the Super Bowl is Super Bowl parties and mm-hmm. and bringing people together, yeah, having yeah. some really good food together and everything. Yeah. I mean, that is American, and I like that. Yeah. Uh, so there's I'm a little there. the opposite on it because I like the game so much that I'm bothered by all those people that are talking and having a good I time. Have, <laughs> that's the same thing. Like when I was into it, it was like, okay, the game's back on, and nobody yeah. be quiet. It's like. What are you doing? No, no, they get quiet when the commercials come on. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. there's a commercial on. <laughs> oh, those do Clydesdales. You, do you even, yeah. Do you even remember the Budweiser frogs? Yeah, I do actually. Or was that that whole those, thing? Yeah. Those are some good commercials. I like those. Too. Do you even know who the halftime show is this year? Uh, it's not Taylor Swift. I don't think so. I'm going to pull it up. Know. Yeah. How much will Usher make performing at the Super Bowl? I, so I, I've heard good things about him. He's a R&B guy, big singer. I that not I'm I'm definitely not going to be watching the Usher show or any of that. But yeah, um, I wonder yeah. if he'll really sing though. You know, because it's you know, been they, nothing but lip syncing. Yeah, right. They don't and, they don't do that. And that used to be like I remember when Ashley Simpson went on SNL. Oh, it ruined her whole years. career. It did. It did. And it yeah. was a big deal. And today we expect it to be lip sync because, my God, they better put on a nice dance show because that's really what it's about. It's bizarre. I mean, Everything's it bizarre. When you look at like just the whole entertainment industry, it's with AI now. There's, oh. there's a whole thing going on where it's like, hmm, it's, this whole thing might be ruined now. And, you know, poor, poor Nilly Vanilli. I mean, <laughs> right it's, they could have stuck it out for a while yeah they would have been mega stars top of the now. top like, of they, the they charts st- yeah and uh, everyone copied off of them they made fun of them and then they all did it you know i like to watch uh youtube shorts i get caught up in in those and dude 
all the time I'm seeing these fake Joe Rogan posts. It looks like he's doing a podcast like we are talking about something. And then, but a word or two will be mispronounced. And then you look at the comments and everybody's like, AI, AI. It's so it's his voice saying things that he's never said. And, uh, and they usually put words over his mouth. So you can't tell, you know, and, but it's so fake and I don't know how they're getting away with it. You know, we were getting censored for saying COVID a few years ago. Now you got people making up whole reels like this that are he should be suing whoever is behind that he should be suing youtube for that for that matter for allowing his likeness to use george carlin uh uh, there was a um a deep fake george carlin that came out where george carlin does this whole concert a whole new concert and it became viral and uh, the George wow. Carlin family is suing the people that put that out there for yeah. using the Carlin name sure. Uh, sure. without permission and, and putting that out there. But I, I mean, really, when you look at that, I mean, that that's our that's our our trademark is our ourself. And mm-hmm. uh, and our, you know, there's protect privacy pr- protections all around that kind of stuff. These things should be prosecuted to the highest. These deep fakes where they're showing, mm-hmm. you know, celebrities mm-hmm. uh, in pornography where mm-hmm. it's not really mm-hmm. them. I mean, these people should be taken to the furthest extent of the law. Yeah. That. That you know terrible. that uh, Bruce Willis sold his rights uh, purposely. Like, Did he? I don't remember who bought it, but you're going to be seeing movies in the future starring Bruce Willis and it's going to be AI. And he sold the rights to it. Wow. Isn't so that something? Think about the implications of that. Like, no more use for actors whatsoever. Oh, I knew that was coming. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you look at the music industry and that's ruined because that is. You could, they, not only can you come up with new material, but you could have your performer perform it and they're not really performing it. I right. mean, we're, think we're about f- that. Dude, we're facing the Matrix real soon. Real soon. Yeah. I mean, we're we're there, man. I mean, we're yeah. on the goal line. And when you take yeah. a look at Meta and what they're all about and mm-hmm. everything, mm-hmm. this is we're 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 in did, the future. I know I keep trying to go. I do have to go. I, know, right? I have yeah, to say, too. did you ever see and I would I don't want to take the time to pull it up, but did you ever see what's called Unreal Engine? No. Okay. You could pull up a YouTube video and it's not finding my particular screen. So whatever, but you can look it up and it's super, super realistic. Like I said, you can swing around the city like Spider-Man. So of course they're used in video games or whatever, but just telling you, man, we're about a week away from being able to plug right into it. Our, wow. our minds, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see it. I, I see what's going on too, Barry. It's yep. uh, quite a thing. So I guess we just stay tuned to see what happens next, man. But right. uh, I'm going to have to do a little bit of editing on towards the end of this show. Cause we were kind of yeah. all over the place, wasted some time Yeah. with that. I do have to go, buddy. All right, man. This was a great show and I uh, had fun. a great time. Tell tell everybody how they can find oh. us and all that kind of stuff. Right. Thank you. Uh, over 50 starting over.com sign up for our email list there. Get all this to your email box as it happens. Uh, YouTube go to over 50 starting over subscribe, please share, leave us a comment. That'd be great. Most importantly, I think you should go to Apple podcast, sign up there and leave us a five star our review so that we can reach more people. That's all we ask. That's all we ask. Thank you. Right on. 
All right, buddy. Have a great weekend. All right.